Hi, Vetfolio Voice listeners. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode featuring Swanda Flowers of First Financial Bank. If you've ever dreamed of starting a practice, purchasing a practice, this is the episode for you. I know whenever my thoughts have kind of gone down that road, they quickly get derailed by scary words like projections and business plan. And those types of considerations can make that dream seem intimidating or unattainable. Well, Dr. Flowers is here to help. Dr. Swanda Flowers graduated from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences College of Pharmacy in 1999. That's right, not only is she well-versed in the financial aspects of practice, she's also a fellow medical professional. In 2002, Dr. Flowers opened Flowers Family Pharmacy in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her expertise in pharmacology and business then led her to academia, where she led the way in pharmacy education, focusing on enhanced community practice services, entrepreneurship, ownership, business planning, and leadership and professional development. Swanda, along with her husband, developed the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy to prepare student pharmacists for ownership. Dr. Flower's work can be seen in multiple publications, including the American Journal of Pharmaceutical Education and the Journal of Pharmacy Practice, among others. She's a prominent face within organizations such as the National Community Pharmacists Association, the American and Arkansas Pharmacists Association, and the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy, or AACP. Within the AACP, she served in several leadership roles and on multiple committees. She's currently a loan officer for First Financial Bank in their Professional Services Division. Swanda focuses her efforts on small businesses in both community pharmacy and independent veterinary practice ownership. Recognizing that passion for ownership and personal relationships are key to small business success, Swanda uses her vast experience to support veterinarians in accomplishing their goal of ownership or expansion of their business. So today I am joined by Swanda Flowers from First Financial Bank. Swanda, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about your background to start out. This was really interesting, kind of as we were getting to know each other before the podcast. You're actually not originally from the world of finance. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your journey into the world of finance through First Financial Bank? Absolutely. I have had a a little bit of an interesting pathway through my professional career, Um, but by training, I'm a pharmacist. So I have a doctor of pharmacy degree and practiced uh, community pharmacy for many years. And then I actually owned a pharmacy here in Arkansas. So through that small business ownership, um, I began teaching business planning, finance, you know, and just taking a little bit of a different path um, and actually spent some time in academia. So did a lot of work with students, especially pharmacy students um, on ownership and leadership, financial planning and business planning. And through that, we actually created a program called the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy. And First Financial Bank stepped up and they were very interested in supporting future business owners. And so they stepped up and through that collaboration with them, I ended up in the world of finance. So we do a lot of lending for both pharmacy and veterinarians. But for the last year and a half or so, I have spent all of my time with veterinarians. So we really should be calling you Dr. Flowers. 
<laughs> well, I don't, I don't always answer to that, but yeah, technically, I guess. Um, I do prefer Swanda. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Through all of your experience, kind of coming through the medical field and then um, into business training and academia, what are some of the major takeaways you've noticed from your experience? Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things that's really important to highlight is just the fact that there are so many medical professionals, including veterinarians, who feel very ill-equipped to become owners. And, you know, through the years, I have seen this over and over again. And so I think that it's important to recognize that there's so much clinical information that we have to learn and be taught um, in order to practice and, you know, do well in our profession, that there's just not a lot of time in the curriculum for the colleges and schools to teach business and ownership. And I hate that because I think that it's so critical. Um, but just quite frankly, there's just not time in the curriculum to do that for most of the colleges. And so um, in order for a student to really get that knowledge, they have to go outside of the classroom above and beyond, maybe take electives or be parts of different student organizations, you know, that focus on ownership and business. But but it can be tough and it can be quite intimidating. So if if someone doesn't have that business background, quite often they shy away from opportunities for ownership or to purchase practices. Absolutely. And I'm very much relating to what you're saying um, <laughs> as a veterinary professional. Um, and, and I did go outside of the curriculum and take business electives, but even still, you know, it, it scratched the surface and it gave me a good foundation. There is, I agree with you, just not enough time to really get everything you want to know in addition to your, your medical curriculum. So thinking about my own experience, I've spoken to lenders about practice startups and they use these scary words like business plan and projections. And I'm like, what do I do with these? Can you kind of just walk us through briefly the process when applying for a business loan? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I will tell you also from experience that when I owned my pharmacy, it was a startup and it it is um, very stressful to think about taking that leap, but it is probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my career. And so I think that when we hear those terms like business plans and projections and, you know, putting something like that together when you haven't done it before, it almost seems like that's too much of a daunting task to take on. And it's just probably not meant to be. And really, the reality is quite the opposite. They, their business plans can be a wide variety of things, and they, they look very different from every single person. Um, but what I do with each and every customer when I start talking to them, especially if it is the, they're a first-time you know, um, potential owner, or they are thinking about a startup and they don't necessarily have the history of a business or you know, recent financials um, to look at, I give them examples of business plans. I still spend a lot of my time working with students, um, both, both in veterinary and pharmacy, and teaching them how to write a successful business plan. And so I have lots of examples that I share with customers. That's one of the first things that I offer. And then in addition, I offer projections. So at First Financial Bank, we feel like it's really important to understand the industry inside and out. And one of the best ways to do that is to spend some time looking at the benchmarks and looking at the data for well-managed practices. And, and so we there's 
lots of industry experts, there's lots of associations out there that that will publish data so that we can go back and see, you know, let's let's benchmark, let's use those to do some projections. And we walk the customer through doing those projections every step of the way. I think it's very interesting, though, um, that when we talk about um, those of us that are very interested in science and and feel like our brains really function in that science world, when we when we have to move out of that and and do things in a world where we're talking about assumptions and projections, um, I find that lots of times we freeze and we panic because we want it to be black and white. But that's why we have resources to help. We have great partners at First Financial Bank, um, consultants, and and just other individuals that will also help customers and we make those connections every day. We want to be sure that every customer we work with feels confident um, and that they have every resource that they need in order to be successful. So that is very comforting to know that there are people like you out there to kind of hold our hands as we're walking through this, who have been through it on multiple levels, both um, as a medical professional owning a startup and from the financial aspect to help help us understand and not freeze in the face of those assumptions and, you know, not quite so black and white situations. Yeah, I think that, you know, once somebody starts to dig into it and really gets excited about what they want to do and where they want to be and, you know, what kind of practice they want to have, you know, there's so much excitement around ownership. And, you know, when you have that autonomy to practice the way you really want to practice and take care of animals, like you want to take care of them without anybody else telling you how to do that, it it is just an incredible feeling. It's so rewarding. I don't have anybody that I've worked with who comes back to me and says, oh, you know, I wish that I hadn't, you know, taken that leap into ownership. It's quite the opposite. They say, what took me so long? I wish that I had done this sooner. And, and that, you know, that's true success right there when, you know, they know that they've made a good decision, they're successful in their practice and just their quality of life is, is really excellent. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you said that and that that is out there. You know, you've seen it firsthand working with people on their startups to say, you know, this is really a positive thing and something, uh, you know, something I'm glad that I've done. Yeah. You know, one of the, you know, one of the things that I try to tell um, customers all the time is, you know, when you think about what you're going to make as an associate veterinarian versus what you're going to make as an owner, just based off of, you know, some industry standards and industry averages, it's really, it's usually about three times as much. It takes a little bit longer with a startup to get there. I'm certainly not saying it's easy. It is a ton of work, but but is, it is work worth doing. But the rewards are real. I mean, the financial rewards are real. The professional rewards are real. Um, and, you know, I think that most of the time we have customers then who are looking for the next opportunity or how can we expand or, um, you know, if we're leasing a space, now we're ready to buy. And and that that really has been the case um, as I've worked with veterinarians over the last few years. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, these business plans are successful and, and people are really reaping the benefits of doing it. When we're putting together our business plans and, and things like that and getting ready to come to the table and talk finances, 
what are some of the main pieces of information that we should plan to bring to the table? Um, and you've kind of already touched on there's people available to help with that, but is there anything that we should kind of be prepared with ahead of time to make things a little more streamlined? Absolutely. And I do think that there's some preparation that should happen prior to really thinking about ownership or purchasing a practice and, and talking with a lender. Um, it, it's never too soon to start a conversation with me. And, you know, I'll, I'll help you get ready and figure out what pieces of information we, we need. But really, on the front end, it's important for that veterinarian to know what their credit score is, to be in a place financially where they might be comfortable not taking a paycheck, you know, for six months or so, especially if they're doing a startup. What, you know, have your tax returns ready, have a personal financial statement ready. That's really important to be able to look at your personal finances and know where you stand. And the other thing would be to eliminate some of that revolving credit. So credit card debt is probably one of the biggest issues that we, you know, we find when we're, when we're talking with associate veterinarians and trying to help them get started, you know, really think about eliminating all of those revolving um, credit accounts. Um, that's really important. Not only will it help your credit score, but it just frees up your cash every month so that you can, you can better service the debt. And so that's really important. Those are really the things that, that you need to think about in order to get prepared and start talking with lenders. And I think you kind of segued beautifully into my next question, which has to do with being in that financial place to be ready to take this on. I mean, many of us are coming into this with significant vet school debt, so it can be really scary to think about applying for a practice loan, which can be very large. So do our student loans affect our ability to qualify for business loans? And, you know, what are some of the other kinds of debt we should keep in mind, like, like mortgages, automobiles, things like that? No, that's a great question. And I, I do think when I'm, when I'm talking with especially young veterinarians, it is sort of that elephant in the room where you just feel the weight of, of them thinking about that student loan debt. And, you know, I have five teenagers, um, a couple in college. And so I completely understand, you know, that stress of um, the debt that is associated with higher education. Vet school debt is good debt. So I, I know that it is, um, it's higher than we'd like for it to be. It, it continues to rise um, over the last few years, but it is good debt. It, it tells us that you were successful in your academic career um, and that you were prepared um, to practice. So that's important. Um, we do not hold student debt against you. And so we recognize that in order for you to be prepared to own a practice, you've got to have your degree. And along with that is vet school debt. And so we like to look at your net worth outside of that. So when you put together your personal financial statement, what we do quite often is just remove that student loan debt from the picture. And if you have a positive net worth without that, then you're in a great position um, to acquire a practice or start up a practice or, you know, just to be more attractive to a lender. And so don't let student loan debt ever um, keep you from, you know, looking into ownership or just exploring it if you have that interest. 
one of the the things that we always say is, okay, you know, mortgages, real estate, um, that's good debt. And it is. Um, quite often we use that for collateral. So if you have a mortgage on a home and you have at least 25% equity in that home, we can use that as positive collateral for the loan. So that also puts you in a better position from a lender's perspective. And so that's fine debt as well. Now, where we run into trouble is if you have student loan debt and you have a mortgage and you have a couple of car notes, um, you know, and so what happens is even though those things are not necessarily bad debt, your, your load each month is significant. And when we look at a potential customer, not only are we looking at the business and can that business be successful? Is it a strong business plan or, you know, has the business shown, um, you know, revenue and growth over the last few years? if it's an existing business, but we also have to look at all of the debt that you have personally. So we look at your ability to service the business loan, and then we have to look globally at your ability to service all of your debt. And so the last thing that we want to do is loan money to someone who's in a position where they're not going to be able to make those payments, whether that's to us for the business or, you know, whether that's to, to other, you know, service other debts that you already have previously personally, you know, that we're not successful if the customer is not successful. So we're very careful at looking at every aspect of that and saying, you know, hey, here's what you need to do to be more prepared financially in order for you to start up this business or acquire this business. So I'll walk through that, give somebody tips, you know, here's what we need to do. Here's what it's looking like. You're not going to have cash flow left over, but I'll walk through that very clearly with the customer so that they understand what that looks like and, and what servicing all of those debts, you know, is going to mean at the end of the month. And I think once they get a really good picture for that, it makes a lot more sense. Sure. All about setting somebody up for success so that they can have that rewarding experience that you described when it comes to taking out that loan and owning that startup or, you know, buying into that business, whatever it is that they're doing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So of course, we're here uh, talking to you who is part of First Financial Bank. So let's talk a little bit more about First Financial Bank specifically. What is unique about First Financial and how they operate and how they're equipped to help veterinary borrowers? Absolutely. I am very excited to be a, a team member with First Financial Bank and, and have the opportunity to lend to veterinarians across the country as part of this bank. So a couple of things that sets us apart and probably the biggest differentiator for us is that we're not necessarily bankers. We certainly have a team of bankers uh, behind us, supporting us, underwriters that are fantastic. We come to the customer from a very different perspective. Our lenders are either industry experts or former business owners. And so we come at it from that perspective of we understand what the customer is experiencing, what they're going through. We understand that stress associated with being on the other end of the table. And for a customer, I think that's very different because we have a very high touch model and it's easy with some of, with some of the larger lenders to kind of get lost in the shuffle. 
Uh, that doesn't happen with First Financial Bank. And so we pride our model on being very high touch. The customer deals with um, either me or our other veterinary lender, um, Ashley Moore, from the very beginning. So the first conversation that we have with them until the time that they pay their loan off all they have to do is call us. They they have our cell phone. You know, we encourage customers to call or text. Um, we don't have specific office hours. We are available for every question. And for example, everything going on this year with COVID, I am, you know, relieved to say that most veterinarians across the country still had a really productive year and um, were not hit as hard as some other industries. And so I'm very thankful for that, just, you know, from my customers perspective, but many of them did need um, paycheck protection loans from the SBA. Many of them needed other kind of relief loan advice or help. So I did all of the PPP loans for the customers in my portfolio. That's just something we thought was important to offer, to take care of for our customers, be sure that they had the funds that they needed. That's the kind of service that we pride ourselves on at First Financial Bank. We're going to treat our customers like our veterinarians treat their clients, and we just wouldn't do it any other way. We do loans for startups, acquisitions of practices, so purchasing practices. Um, we do expansions, money for working capital or additional equipment or remodeling. We do a lot of purchases that include a practice and the real estate. And that's something that I enjoy talking to uh, veterinarians about because quite often they're a little... Um, they're a little timid to take on such a large loan and, and purchase a practice and the real estate. Um, but at the end of the day, once I've, you know, sort of finished explaining the nuances of that, they can see how it's really a better deal to own the real estate too and take on that larger load. Cash flow is usually better. And so we really enjoy talking to customers about their plan. We want to know each one. When I take portfolio to loan committee, that loan committee wants to know about the customer. You know, it's not just numbers. It's not just spreadsheets, but it really is who are they? What do they want to do? What are their goals? You know, what does that look like financially? And how can we as a lender help them reach their business goals? It sounds like such a mutually beneficial model where, you know, you're being treated as an individual, you know, you have a problem, you have a question, you pick up the phone and you call Swanda or you call Ashley, not the customer service line. And to be considered as, as a whole person, like you said, when you take it to loan committee, um, and then really the focus be not to go through a system, but to really set you up for success. I, what you described sounds fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. We hope it is fantastic. I mean, we, you know, we really um, want to give the customer the best experience possible. And, and that's important because, you know, quite frankly, the best referral source that we can have is our customers. And, you know, when I have somebody call and say, you know, hey, I went to school with so-and-so and you did their loan last year and I was talking to them and they said I should give you a call. That's the best feeling ever. And, and that's what we want to happen with each and every one of our customers. We want them to have a great experience. You know, we are a preferred SBA lender. So we do small business association loans for our veterinarians. And I think that, you know, that can be a little daunting in and of itself. There's a lot of forms to fill out. There are people who are a little bit nervous about that process because they've heard that it takes a long time. 
But because we're a preferred lender, the process is much faster with us. We can do in-house approvals um, with our underwriter. Um, we've been through that so much that we can really walk them through that and make it just as easy as it can possibly be. Swana, I've truly enjoyed our conversation today. I feel like I've learned so much and the whole process of talking finances when it comes to all of the things that you described, acquisitions, startups, um, you know, extra capital, things like that seems so much more attainable now that we've talked and you've, you've described it. So thank you so much for all of that. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? So I think just a final thought would be that, you know, if you're a, a veterinary student out there listening or, um, you know, you're a veterinarian who is an associate and interested in ownership, or, you know, even maybe an owner who wants to expand or, you know, by another practice, it's never too soon to call us and, and have a conversation. We would love to talk with them about their goals and see how we can help. I, I would just encourage them to find a lender who understands the industry, uh, who really wants to work with them, like you said, as an individual, and he'll be there for them every step of the way. You know, I may work with somebody a year before we ever get started on a loan for them. And, and that's absolutely wonderful. That's what we're here for we want to be a resource. We don't just want to be that loan officer. We want to, to be a resource for everybody in the industry. Fantastic. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Flowers, for joining us today. Thank you to First Financial Bank for sponsoring this event. And thank you to everyone out there for joining us. If you'd like to find more episodes like this, click on the education tab on Vetfolio's page. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.